You can now purchase t-shirts, mugs, caps, hoodies, wall clocks, and other gifts with the TV Confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential, cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential. Hi, everybody. This is your cousin, Brucey, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now... Ed Robertson along with our guest Jordan Young. Jordan is with us via Zoom. Jordan's many books on film and television include Real Characters, R-E-E-L, Real Characters, The Laugh Crafters, comedy writing in radio and TV's Golden Age, and John Ford's The Quiet Man, The Making of of a cult classic. Jordan's latest book is Spike Jones Off the Record, The Man Who Murdered Music, a comprehensive history and discography of Spike Jones that provides as complete a picture of both the legendary band leaders and his many accomplices, which include the likes of Billy Barty, Kay Ballard, Bud Yorkin, Eddie Brand, Bill Dana, Lenny Weinrib, and the incomparable Doodles Weaver. Spike Jones off the record, The Man Who Murdered Music, available bearmanormedia.com, amazon.com, wherever books are also, sold. Also, barnesandnoble.com. Barnesandnoble.com. Pretty much anywhere you can find books online, you can find Spike Jones off the record. How important has Dr. Demento been to cementing the legacy of Spike Jones? Oh, he's, he's been tremendous. He was actually a little bit uh, late for me in terms of, you know, I was already in college by then. But uh, his father brought home a Spike Jones record when he was four years old, and that was it. Um, so Spike really became the cornerstone of that show. And uh, I asked him to write the foreword for me. Uh, I had interviewed him when I was researching the book. I asked him, and not only did he write the foreword, he went through the manuscript and uh, – and uh, corrected me on a few th- on, on several things, and uh, uh, gave me uh, you know there were things that he knew about that nobody else knew about that uh, so it really uh, an unexpected plus to have that to have his his eye going through the uh, the man but yeah uh, Barry Hansen actually his real name that, but yeah that's right Bar- yeah. Barry Hansen who I met briefly about ten years ago. Yeah, he's uh, been tremendous as far as uh, keeping Spike's uh, legacy alive. Absolutely. You already, you already mentioned Weird Al Yankovic, uh, many others, Frank Zappa, uh, PDQ Bach, and, and the people in uh, in the U.K. too. Spike was very big in, uh, in the U.K. Uh, the yeah. Guy named Bob, there was a guy named Bob Kerr who just retired, uh, so I, I guess I'll never get to see his show, but... Uh, he was out there for about 50 years doing, uh, he has a CD you might be able to find called Molotov Cocktails for Two. But, <laughs> but yeah, he did a lot of Spike Jones stuff in his stage show and on his, uh, on his CDs and a lot of other people doing it too. Uh, there's a group, uh, uh, it's called the Kentucky Symphony Orchestra, and they've done several uh, concerts uh the guy named Carl Mack, who's sort of a new vaudevillian, who uh, bought Spike's uh, cowbells and uh, plays these in the show. And they just did a 
it might still be out there online. The reason I mention it, they just did a, uh, a concert a couple of months ago, which they, uh, I was able to see it, uh, online. They, uh, broadcast it, uh, over the internet and you might be able to, you know, that might still be floating around out there. I would take a look for the Kentucky symphony orchestra. Yes. And if, and if you, if you watch the Kentucky symphony orchestra online, you make sure, uh, make sure you get a copy of Jordan Young's book, Spike Jones off the record. The Man Who Murdered Music, available BearManorMedia.com, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, wherever books are sold online. Spike Jones, the man who uh, introduced car horns to music, uh, shooting, shooting guns, <laughs> sound effects into music, and um, cowbells, as, as Jordan just mentioned. And this, this speaks to something that we've talked about before, uh, in the context of other works of satire, you have to understand the form in order to properly satirize something. In the case of Spike Jones, and this is one of the this this is this is one of the secrets that you reveal as you reveal the person behind the band leader. He actually loved classical music, and you have to understand the form in order to butcher it. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Ed. Spike was, uh, was was a big effect. He started out wanting to be a jazz band drummer, but uh, see, he was a huge fan of, uh, of jazz, which I think is fairly obvious to most people who would listen to. Uh, and the City Slickers basically a Dixieland band, but uh, yeah, a huge fan of uh, classical music and all all uh, types of music. But, uh, you you couldn't possibly do uh, the Nutcracker. Or uh, Rhapsody for well, his version is Rhapsody for Hunger. For hunger. Or or the uh, or the William Tell Overture, which is William Tell Overture, which and uh, going to the front. Cabbage is second on the rail. Beautiful Linda is third by a length. And a beetle bomb around the first turn. Stewart is still in front. Cabbage is second by a head. Cabbage by a head. Beautiful Linda is third. And a beetle bomb. The Doodles had been doing that in nightclubs before he met Spike. But uh, when, when Spike saw this routine, the uh, uh, for people who don't know it, go on YouTube. Uh, the way of tell overture it's a it's a uh, a horse race routine, and Doodles had done it at nightclubs for years. But when Spike saw it and decided to put him in the show, he backed it with the way of tell overture. Uh, actually, uh, the very first time that I drove up to Spike's uh, house to have a look at it in uh, Beverly Hills. Uh, I had my favorite uh, L.A. Uh, classical radio station on uh, KUSC, and uh, which I usually had that on. And uh, just as I drove up the street approaching the house, they're playing the, the straight version of the William Tell Overture. <laughs> and I parked in front of the house, and I sat there and listened to the – I sat there and listened to it. And uh, I, I have to think that – uh, that the spike was uh, had a smile on his face if he was uh, 
aware of that. But uh, you know, once you've heard Spike's versions of the Webtail Overture or uh, anything else, Cocktails for Two, anything that he did, it's it's uh, it's difficult to. Uh, I would say it's impossible to listen to the uh, the straight versions of things, the yes, legitimate what, what, without, versions with, without hearing his sound effects. Yeah, they the, just don't sound right. Uh, <laughs> it just uh, you always heard the one you love. Uh, it just doesn't sound right without the breaking glass and the gunshots <laughs> and the uh, uh, you know. I'm thinking actually, you know, the uh, the uh, horrific news that has come out of. Uh, uh, New Mexico in the last few weeks about the uh, the accidental shooting on the uh, oh. on the TV set. Uh, you know, Spike is using guns in his show all the time. I mean, uh, and so there was a lot of uh, you know uh, there were you know, had to be very careful about. He did actually uh, accidentally get shot once. Uh, he accidentally shot his hand or shot himself in the hand. Uh, and uh, he's got his hand behind the curtain, you know, and he's getting, uh, he's getting medical attention uh, off camera uh, well, or, the, or off stage. You know, the, people are unaware of it. Uh, because because the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, the show must go on. Uh, it didn't, that just something, things like that didn't happen too many times, fortunately. Nobody, but, you know, uh, a buddy of his, uh, a guy named Chester Gould, you might recognize Dick Tracy, the guy who did the Dick Tracy uh, cartoon strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put Spike in the cartoon strips. Uh, there were there are several. Did it in a comic book, but before that, he did it in uh, a couple of times in his Sunday strip. He's got Spike Dyke and his musical nuts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so you know. Dick Tracy shows up uh, backstage, and uh, you know, and, and he's he's uh, he's investigating a murder. You know, one of, uh, and he's he's telling Spike Dyke that the one of his uh, one of his guns was used in a murder. And he says, "Well, you know, now that you mention it, this gun disappeared. You know, we didn't <laughs> we didn't know what what happened to it." Uh, and uh, and Tracy says, yeah, I was used to commit a murder, you know, and that's that's the plot of the cartoon strip for two or three weeks, you know. Uh, well, it, and what's interesting is that in real life, Spike had a very interesting angular face as a person, you know, so it that, that sort of translated very well as a cartoon figure. Sure, he looks like a cartoon. <laughs> and, uh I guess we're here to about talk about the ostensibly to talk about the the TV show. We're here so, to talk. Uh, we're we're here to talk. <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about Spike Jones off the record. Everything you wanted to know about Spike Jones and more, which includes his TV career, his other appearances and influences in pop culture. Spike Jones off the record by Jordan Young, available bearmanormedia.com, amazon.com, barnesnoble.com. Wherever books are sold online. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Before I forget, one of the one of the cool takeaways for me, Jordan, 
was no. discovering what a master of marketing he was, A, and B, being a creative person, um, he was, I mean, he was just filled with ideas, not just about music, not just about augmenting his traveling stage show, but he had interests in other areas, uh, some of which came to fruition, some of which didn't. But again, he was, a, I mean, he had a very, very active creative mind. I would say he had literally hundreds of ideas uh, for television that were that nobody ever saw that uh, unfortunately were never realized. Uh, but uh, he was a an absolute genius when it came to promotion and marketing. And, and to me, that's really where the real, you know, people the 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 public face of it, the band. Uh, people look at that, they hear the recordings or see the TV shows and they think, well, this guy was, uh, was a genius. But to me, the real genius was backstage. Uh, I sort of liken him to the Wizard of Oz, the mm -hmm. old man behind the curtain that nobody's paying attention to. Uh, that's To me, that's where the real genius was uh, uh, was really flowing because he just, uh, uh, the, the marketing ideas uh ideas for promoting the show were just uh were just tremendous or even um, even um they they didn't use the word brand back in spike jones's day but even the zoot suits with the exaggerated stripes that was his trademark i mean nobody else did anything like that so you knew i mean as, as soon as you saw anything like that you immediately think of spike jones yeah you see uh it was it was it was it was black suits with white shirts and and, and black ties and he just uh, took that and flipped it on its ear and so he's got the guys the guys in the band the city slickers are wearing uh, uh, mismatching uh, checks and plaids or so really gaudy really hideous stuff uh, they would they would go into uh, traveling around the country they would go into shops and look for this stuff you know buy awning material and things like that and make and make suits out of it and, uh, uh, and, and i hadn't spike thought had of his, that right <laughs> as, as spike had his his uh suits design especially designed for him what they call window pane checks i do see people wearing these things uh in uh there's a I think a Broadway show back in the twenties, thirties. Uh, 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 there's a there's an outfit like this. Uh, there's a uh, an Abbott Costello picture called uh, Africa Screams, which a Pike, Spike was supposed to have been in, but uh, there's one scene where uh, one or two scenes where Bud Abbott is wearing a bathrobe, and it's exactly you know the, the Spike's uh, window pane <laughs> checks. Uh, it looked like, you know, uh, my comment in the book was that uh, it looked like he swiped it from, from Spike's dressing room or something, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the fashions were really, really out there. I was going to mention the 54 uh, TV show. Some of these are on the DVD is that is, is that is there. that the one is that the one that Bud Yorkin directed or is this or am I getting yes. okay? Yeah, this is the one that yeah exactly the one that. Uh, but Bud, Bud York Yorkin. Bud Yorkin was uh, you know long, of course longtime collaborator with the great Norman Lear, but Bud Yorkin was one of the first people who who really got Spike A, and let Spike 
be Spike versus trying to conform him to the confines of network television at the time. Yeah, he was he was he was a great director for Spike. Uh, another one was Dick Darley, who uh, uh, directed Space Patrol and the uh, uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, and uh, yeah, he was just far ahead of. I mean, he far ahead of everybody else doing television at that time. Uh, the Fifty Four Show had Harpo Marx, uh, Margaret Truman, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Buffalo Bob and Howdy Doody mm-hmm. a lot of people in there a lot of very interesting guest stars it's probably the most successful uh, he, he had a number of short-lived series short, short, short-lived short, short-lived or what was very known at the time a summer summer replacement show right summer replacement it was usually what he had was a summer replacement series the 54 show is uh, definitely worth the uh, tracking down some of those episodes again uh, some of this material is on youtube the uh the spike jones estate yeah you know, he saved everything so he had the uh the kinescopes which were basically their way of uh in fact when tv first started there were no cables no coaxial cables to to broad to transmit from east coast to west coast so the way that the west coast saw these shows initially uh, we're on kinescopes a week late, but uh, a lot of kinescopes do survive. Uh, not only Spike Show, but other shows. But the the Spike Show Estate has its own YouTube channel, and uh, so the probably the best quality uh, material is on there. But definitely uh, tracked on some of the Fifty Four shows. Uh, his youngest daughter Gina uh, commented to me that her favorite way of introducing people to her father is to take them to the uh, that's on YouTube. It's it's a number called. Uh, anyway, they're they're all a drag. It's a uh, uh, it's an all girl band. It's a spike, and all the guys are a drag. Uh, and it's it's very it's it's very funny. You can find that on the official YouTube channel of the Spike Jones Estate, as well as other videos. And whether you're enjoying videos of Spike Jones's television performances, either on YouTube or through the DVD collection that Jordan mentioned, you want to make sure you have a copy of Spike Jones. Off the Record, The Man Who Murdered Music, revised 4th edition, available now through our friends at BearManorMedia.com as well as Amazon.com, where our books are sold online. Jordan will be back next week for part two of our conversation about the television career of Spike Jones. Among other things, we'll talk about how Spike almost collaborated with Ernie Kovacs and Jack Parr. All that more, we play part two of our conversation with Jordan Young, author of Spike Jones, Off the Record, The Man Who Murdered Music, next week on TV Confidential. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back more of our program right after this. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button.
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.